Hi everyone, Data Stories number 25. Hi Moritz, how are hey, you? Nico. How are you doing? Good? Summer is here, summer is here. Maybe it's not in Germany. How is summer? It is. It, it is. is in fact. <laughs> yeah, it's still a bit cool, sometimes raining, but mostly. Yeah. Mostly nice. Yeah. Uh, what's going on? I'm wrapping up things. I'm off to leave for vacations. Yeah. The day after tomorrow. Oh, I'm jealous. So I'm in this sort of limbo state now of, uh, I have to like, wrap <laughs> finish, up everything. Yeah, wrap yeah up. I couldn't finish everything. <laughs> and, I already uh, gave up having this kind of feeling. I mean, yeah, it's I not going to happen. I have, I have actually two to-do lists and I don't tell people on <laughs> which to-do list their <laughs> stuff is. But <laughs> yeah. And the one is looking good and the other one... Well, what can you do, right? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I am myself in a very risky situation because for for holidays I'm gonna stay here in New York. Mm -hmm. So it's you know, I mean, if you don't leave can and go nice somewhere too. else, yeah, yeah, it can be very nice. But there is always the temptation to go back to to work for any given reason. Uh, right. I hope it, that's yeah. not gonna happen. No, just be disciplined. <laughs> I'll do my best. I just trash <laughs> trash my laptop yeah. somewhere. Just get drunk. Do they do they sell locks for laptops? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you could and like yeah, lock it away for a week, like yeah, with the give secret the key, code. Yeah, give the key to my wife. Yeah, uh, to your lawyer, the, the best person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my wife would be much much harder to convince than my lawyer. <laughs> yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. No, we actually go to a to a hut in the mountains. Like I I don't think they have Wi-Fi. Yeah, I don't think. And so, so well, yeah, you yeah, never know. So, yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen those maps where you basically, I think it's a map of the few places that are completely unreachable? <laughs> <laughs> there are very few areas around the world that like are Like no cell phone. No, no cell phone, yeah. no signal at all. I mean, yeah. there are very few ones, very, very few ones, unfortunately. Probably some bunker somewhere in Russia. Some bunkers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in Switzerland, there are some bunkers as well. When yeah. I live there, there are many, we actually. We could go there, yeah. Yeah, there are many, many around. Anyway, let's start this episode. We have another fantastic guest today. We have Dominikos Bauer. Uh, we're going to talk about mobile and touch interfaces for visualization. Hi, Dominikos. How are you? Hi, Enrico. I'm good. Thanks. So Dominikos is an expert in this area. If you, if, you, if you didn't hear about him yet, I suggest you to go to his webpage that is do.minic.us <laughs> and it's a very nice URL, but you will find it in the blog post. And he, he, he gave a very nice presentation at the OpenViz conference on data visualization on mobile and touch interfaces and we decided to, to invite him. Plus, he's a very old friend of us. So it's, it's a great pleasure to to have him here in, in, in Osted in Data Stories. So, Dominikos, you want to tell something about yourself, introduce yourself a little bit longer or more details than I did? Sure, yeah. sure, yeah, I can do that. So, uh, I'm Dominikos Bauer. I work as a, a visualization freelancer in Munich at the moment. And I also do a lot of uh, interaction design, mostly on mobile. And uh, so, the thing that I'm most thrilled about at the moment is touch and how to combine touch input with information visualization and data visualization. Um, so actually, I haven't been doing this, this freelance thing for too long. Um, I was in academia for a while, so I did my PhD um, in information visualization. And I started working on 
um, on this whole touch topic there, but I also did um, more exotic things about live vlogging, so tracking details of your life, like music listening histories, for example, and trying to make sense of that by doing visualization. That was kind of my thing. Yeah, I remember your stuff on music visualization. That was that was really cool. And it was quite <laughs> some time ago, right? When, when did you do that? Oh, so I started my PhD in 2007. Okay. So five years ago. Yeah. Oh, that's... <laughs> time flies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never look back. Yeah. No, there was a lot of fun, this whole music listening stuff, especially as people could could relate. So most of them were thrilled when they heard, oh, it's it's possible to track all the music that I listen to. That's awesome. I want to do that. Yeah, that, that's actually the fantastic thing of visualization of personal data. That, that people can relate to it in an instant, and that's that's really, really cool. Yeah, this definitely. I like a lot. Um, so, Moritz, we have an imbalance of German accent today. <laughs> 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 we didn't invite any Italian yet, so we, we have that's to... That's true, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but at least it's Euro, you know. I at least it's counts, Euro. Right? Yeah, it's gonna be quite <laughs> exotic today. <laughs> We're all a big family. I mean, if you're from Europe. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Dominicos. So, why don't we start discussing about why doing visualization on mobile devices at all? I mean, I think that's the main question. I would start from that. So what is the need of moving visualization on on a device that is mobile, actually? So I guess the reason is that uh, mobile is becoming more and more popular. Um, so I think uh, this year we actually reached a point where people um, spend more time using their mobile devices than using their desktops and laptops. So, uh, well, I guess it's, it's just a sign of the times. You can't really avoid it. And, um, of course, the, the thing is, if you have something online, for example, and you want people to see that, then you need to be able to support support them, even if they use a mobile device. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Sure. Yeah. So, because, I mean, um, I guess all of us are, I don't know, checking out Twitter feeds on our mobile devices. And if there's a link that doesn't work on on our smartphone, then uh, we don't really go to our laptops and check it there, I guess. At least I don't. Uh -huh. You don't so, type in the URL you're just reading on the iPhone? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Usually you don't. So uh, there's al already one person that you've lost. So, yeah. Sure. So you, what, what, what do you say? What's the main difference? Like, Or is it the same thing in small? Not really. I mean, the the other thing that's uh, that's very different for mobile is, as the name implies, that the whole context is changing. So the usage context is com can be completely different. I mean, people can still sit on the couch and use their smartphone while watching TV or something, um, but mostly they, I don't know, they they're waiting for for the their bus or whatever, or walking around somewhere, waiting for friends. Um, so they, they're in a completely different space than people who are sitting in front of their laptops. Mm, yeah. And um, yeah, it makes it difficult to, to address both scenarios, I guess. 
Right. Yeah, and it's very small devices. I mean, that's that's the other thing. Like, we're very used to make like very dense, you know, representations, lots of numbers, little details. Sure, sure. And yeah, and then you just have a few inches to work with. In, uh, yeah, on a yeah. Device. I, I guess that was actually one of the reasons why, why a lot of researchers avoided mobile devices for a long time, mm -hmm. uh, just because it seems like okay for visualization we want to have as much screen real estate as possible right. and fill yeah. everything with data. Um, why would we restrict ourselves to something that is only four inches? Yeah, it seems like a step back if you just look at the display, right? But True. I think you're absolutely right that it's it opens all these very interesting contexts, like different locations where people are, new life situations. Mobile is also a very personal device. It's much more personal than mm. a personal, uh, air quotes, computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so that's that's kind of interesting, yeah. yeah. But I also find it hard. It's... Yeah, if if you're used to building like desktop visualizations, you it's hard to to wrap your head around like how to do it right on mobile. Like, what's your what's your uh, experience? What are the biggest um, like uh, what what are the things you have to learn when you switch from desktop to designing for mobile? I guess the major difference is the input modality that we have on mobile mm -hmm. because for, for a desktop well we have mostly a touchpad or something like that or a mouse so some pointing device and of course uh, a usable keyboard compared to mobile <laughs> um, I, I'm always frustrated by those <laughs> virtual things um, and I mean that's kind of to add insult to injury not only do we have a smaller screen but we also have huge fingers that occlude content on there so um i guess this whole touch input is, is the major difference really mm -hmm. and of course but the at, screen at, size at the same time my feeling is that being able to touch a visualization virtually is also a sort of better direct manipulation right so I, i'm sure that there are lots of limitations but there might be also some advantages is Did you notice mm -hmm. that? Do you have any experience with that? So direct manipulation is is a really is is really key in this regard. I, I mean, think, in this case, it's really direct, right? You are really yeah, kind yeah. of like <laughs> touching the it, thing. It is. It actually is direct. So <laughs> yeah. so when the term was originally coined, um, the whole direct manipulation happened with a mouse, which is uh, well. And kind of ironic, um, <laughs> but yeah, now we're actually directly manipulating stuff on screen, and I I would say it's it feels different than using a mouse, especially if you if you're able to use more than one finger, which is really rare still. But yeah. I I guess we're I getting think there. Everybody remembers the first time they used Google Maps on on a tablet, right? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> No, really. It's. It, I mean, for me at least, it was like, oh man, I can totally move this map. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I mean, zooming it sounds so trivial, but it's so amazing. I mean, think about zooming. Zooming on yeah. an iPad is so much easier. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's fun, right? I mean, and it's yeah. fun, and it's fun. Yeah. Or even yeah. rotating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Think yeah, about and rotating that is the with other the mouse. Thing, like, I mean, you move two fingers, and you know they stay where they are, and the photo or the map like rotates according to. What you do, I mean, yeah, before it was always just like much more discreet actions like zoom in, move left. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. And you had some some labeled buttons that did something and now you actually do 
you directly do the thing that you want to do and it just happens you yeah, don't have yeah. to look for the button that says zoom in but you just right use your fingers yeah. it's like really like acting in a space as opposed to executing commands uh, yeah to some degree yeah of course the downside of that is that um you uh, more abstract commands are more difficult to pull off right i mean yeah. you you often find that that, that people have some pretty much arbitrary gestures to do something so swipe up with three fingers to do x yeah. um and then you have to memorize that yeah. so <laughs> yeah. it's it's yeah it's a fine line yeah and i guess the screen real estate is reduced by the fact that you need large areas to let people interact with the with the user interface right yeah, usually you do. I mean, the advantage of having gestures is that you don't have to have really discrete areas that you can interact with. So um, when we think back to the to the maps example, you can use your fingers on any part of the map to mm -hmm. to do something with it. Mm -hmm. So you don't have specific interaction areas. Um, but yeah, well, sometimes you do and. Of course, it always depends on the on the type of application that you want to do. Sure, sure. The other thing are, of course, sensors. So you can also work with how the device is positioned or where you are in the world and yeah, where you point your device. So you had this really interesting project where you would use a, a smartphone as a sort of a lens on a projected um, display. Uh, you mean this this virtual projection right, yeah. thing? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. So basically, we recreated kind of this this notion of optical projection by tracking the the smartphone in front of a large display, and then you could use your your virtual um, projection cone to interact with the stuff on the large TV. So, so you would point yeah. your smartphone somewhere, and it and it would be as if the smartphone phone would emit light and and project something right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. but it didn't it's no of course it didn't <laughs> but some that, that was actually the first thing that people always asked <laughs> how do you do that how did you get the projector in there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but no it was nice. all just simulated what happened to augmented reality and, and layer and all these types of applications is that still a thing or is that like in the valley of how is it called? <laughs> in the valley of despair. <laughs> this I, I actually think uh, it's coming, because of course I'm also saying that about touchable visualization. So for uh, years now. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean now now we have reached a point in in the hardware development where it actually makes sense to do augmented reality, right? Because you have all these sensors and powerful mobile computers. I I don't know if you if you guys seen the like the first augmented reality prototypes that was always a huge 30 kilo backpack <laughs> and um yeah they were, it was pretty ridiculous right yeah but now we have all this power just in a smartphone so yeah but it's interesting because 2 years ago it made like made big headlines and mm. now we actually have the power but now it's it doesn't seem to be very present <laughs> <laughs> but it might just come in a half a year and then be really a Integrated in products, maybe yeah. I mean, there is stuff like Google Glass coming up, for example, sure. yeah. and that is it's pretty augmented. It's very promising <laughs> yeah. and scary, of course. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was, 
I was actually thinking about your work on your on I think it's called Touchwave, right? I mean, where yeah. you, so where you basically if I if I remember correctly, you you you've been implementing some specific kind of new interaction techniques for the tablet that actually um solves or try to solve some of the limitations of stack graphs, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Do I remember correctly? That is correct. Yeah. So can you tell us a little more about what what you've been doing there and what's the outcome of this work? Sure. That's really interesting because I think it's a nice example of how using touch interfaces can actually be, uh, uh, can provide some benefits that we might not actually get by using standard interfaces, standard devices, actually. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That was, that was kind of what we were going for. So uh, TouchWave was a research project that I did last year at the University of Calgary with Sheila Carpendale and Bongshin Lee. And um, the basic idea was we wanted to to use the, or to um, to show how interacting, interacting with touch is not necessarily a downside or something that you have to design around, but can something it can be something that actually enriches interaction and makes um, certain visualization techniques usable. Uh-huh. Because I mean, you you often see that that you have some visualization technique that doesn't really work that well in its static form, and then you tack on interaction to. Make it better. Yeah, I, th- I think in general this is a huge topic. I mean, <laughs> which goes very well beyond the, the problem of touch interfaces. It's really interesting. Yeah, sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah, so that, that kind of went into the same direction. So um, we wanted to have something that's pretty. So we took stacked graphs because they are, but they're just well, they. Um, I mean, there's this huge discussion going on about how useful they actually are as a visualization yeah. technique, and I don't want to go into that. Um, I don't want to make any enemies. <laughs> um, but uh, we we said that, okay, we want to have stack graphs on an iPad. Now what can we do using touch? And the basic idea behind TouchWave was to have... Um, to have the visualization as a virtual object. So going back to this direct manipulation idea, to have this visualization as something that is behind this little layer of glass there and that you can manipulate using your fingers. Mm-hmm. And um, based, on this, based on this metaphor, we came up with certain interaction techniques and stuff that, um, that became possible by using your fingers so you could take single layers from the stacked graphs and drag them out and um, use, of course, multiple fingers to zoom in on certain areas and um, kind of squish and uh, distort the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was, of course, it was just a research project, so can't really buy it, but it was um, an interesting experiment in trying to harness the, the power of touch for visualization. And I think that could definitely be something that we might do more often in the future. Sure. Because right now, um, I mean, there's not a lot of visualization happening on tablets, unfortunately. So do you, do you think that there are some potential interaction mechanisms on top of some visualizations that are too costly when 
when performed on a desktop device and become if you move the visualization to a to a touch device all in they become much less costly and feasible and then they become much more useful you see you see what i mean um no <laughs> not not really sure no <laughs> i try to reformulate the question it's probably my fault uh so if you think about new interaction techniques in visualization, right? So you okay. can you can potentially develop a new visualization, uh, sorry, a new interaction technique for manipulating visualizations that doesn't necessarily depend on which device you use, right? Uh, kind of like, I, I think now you've been mentioning taking one layer and moving this layer off to another, to another area of the screen, right? Okay. So in principle, you can do that with the mouse as well, but it's probably yeah. too costly, right? So I think nobody yeah. did it before because just the, it doesn't make sense if you do it with a mouse. But if you do it with <laughs> oh, your hand, okay, all okay. in a sudden it becomes feasible mm -hmm. and makes sense. Yeah. So I was wondering... Yeah, now I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's, that's definitely the case. So I mean, just the whole pinch to zoom thing that became so iconic. Um, of course, you could enlarge and shrink photos before that, but it just... <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't as much fun because right, you had some yeah, yeah. plus button that you had to click on. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that was definitely also a part of the project that we could just go crazy with this these whole these all of these things that suddenly became much more much more feasible as you say. And uh also much more much more fun. So, fun was definitely an aspect of the whole project. I mean, the other thing is really multi-touch and it's it's hard. I think we're all very much trained on this one-pointer paradigm, you know, And but there's really many things you can do with multiple pointers, like what we've seen also with the data sculptures that you can mark, for instance, with your left hand, one part of the the graphic or the sculpture and then interact with the other, but still keep your index, you know, like your index finger to, to mark just one position, stuff like that, which you wouldn't do on screen because you leave like ugly <laughs> traces <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't fit like to your mouse interaction. But suddenly on a, on a tablet, it can make total sense to say, I'll use the left hand just to fix something and keep it in place more or less and, and interact with the right hand, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah especially if you, if you know that the visualization that you see on the tablet will somewhat behave like a physical object. Yeah. So that also makes uh, stuff like discoverability and, and learnability and so on mm -hmm. much more, much easier. Yeah. It's always nice if people know or if, if nothing unexpected happens. <laughs> in, right. in an app to put yeah, it like yeah, that yeah nothing breaks yeah how, how do you feel so i feel like on mobile it's a bit harder to do very exploratory visualizations mm -hmm. or very complex ones but you have like lots of filter settings and different options it's you you just told my question <laughs> oh okay yeah, sorry, yeah. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> so how, how, how do you work with that i mean is it just because we're not so used to do complex things on a mobile or should we just like keep things a bit simpler and a bit more, let's say, put things in, let's rather produce a series of five simple charts and put them in a nice sequence instead of producing that big data visualization. Mm. Well, what's your take on that? Is it like visible <laughs> difference or just? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that 
when we when we think back to the whole context thing so if i'm waiting for a bus somewhere and i have two minutes to kill mm -hmm. then maybe i don't want to go into the full scale data analysis that i had plan planned for weeks <laughs> um so i guess there are it's definitely better to do complex analysis on on a laptop on a computer especially as the screen is bigger and so on mm -hmm. so mobile is is uh, definitely has its place of course but i think it's more relevant for more of these small scale visualizations that are heavily focused on presentation for example so the stuff you see a lot in, in journalism for example where the where the actual message is clear and um, you can explore a little bit but uh, not too much <laughs> but at the same time i'm i'm wondering if there is a space for some sort of analytical kind of tasks performed with with this kind of devices i don't know i imagine people mm. working in the field or have you ever heard anything like that I mean, i'm just curious because i'm not familiar with anything similar to that but i guess in principle there might be people around who actually need to do some sort of analytical task on the field and having a mobile devices with some sort of visualization there might might help i don't know have you ever heard of anything like that Yeah, yeah, definitely. There are these things. Of course, you don't hear too much about them because they're mostly uh, specifically developed for a certain use case. So you have, I don't know, engineers, for example, that, that are working on, on something like on a ship or so. Um, but I, I guess even for, for regular people, it might be interesting if we think back to the whole um, life logging stuff. So if I want to oh, look sure. up something yeah. while I'm on the go, so, so imagine... Uh, you you have this great song that's stuck in your head and you can't remember the name and you want to look it up to tell it your friend to your friend. Yeah. Um, that I mean, that's that's somewhat an analytical task. It's very small, but mm -hmm. yeah, or just mm -hmm. how to book a flight or something. You know, it's or like something you know, like that. Yeah. It, it's it's a complex task too. It, I mean, it's really hard to book a good flight, right? And I'm <laughs> always frustrated then if the 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 mobile application just you know offers a list of three flights and a big buy now button. <laughs> and, and then I have to go back to the desktop, actually, and, mm. and you know, use Kayak or, or um, uh, Hipmunk or, or something like that. And so, um, yeah, and, and I think there could be really nice applications for also these, let's say, halfway complex <laughs> tasks. <at least. laughs> yeah. yeah. And I also think, as you mentioned the whole area of life logging and also this trend, how is it called? Quantified self, the idea of monitoring yeah. yourself yeah. is probably very interesting there, right? You might want... So as soon as you have a rich sources that are monitoring aspects of your own life, you might want to be able to check that with some sort of visualization on a regular basis, right? And then a mobile mobile visualization would work really well there, right? Yeah, it's um, it's uh, a lot of data that you can collect about yourself, especially if you do it automatically. So visualization is usually the way to go, I would say. Yeah, but but again, wouldn't you use the mobile to collect it, but then the desktop probably to? Yeah, but you you might want to have access to your data on the go as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. that's the use case. Of course, if you want to do something more complex, like I don't know, um, comparing your nutritional behavior to your health or whatever 
then you will probably use your desktop for right, that. Right, but yeah. yeah, but I think that the small whole, things. The whole idea of monitoring yourself, I think in order to be effective, you have to have some sort of uh, steady kind of feedback. So I mm -hmm. think that there would be a need for, for visualizations on a mobile device that give you a yeah. regular... Access, yeah. continuous access to what's going on mm -hmm. there, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That, that, that. yeah, and I mean, and the other thing is, of course, you and your surroundings. Like, I'm in a city, you know, what's around me, uh, where are my friends, all all these types of things. That's yeah, that's huge. And I think no, none of the let's say traditional um, visualization people have that on the radar, even because it's not a use case for your desktop, really. Like. <laughs> That, or it's Usually not as not, strong. No. Yeah, the use case is not as strong there yeah. as, as on the mobile. Yeah, yeah that, that's one really interesting thing that uh, I haven't really seen so far, location-based visualization. So yeah. um, filtering your data based on where you are at right. the moment, for yeah. example. Oh, sure. So sounds, sounds I mean, really there's, that there's would be maps pretty cool. and, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so the map applications are... much far beyond that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, maps are visualizations, but <laughs> in some way, you know, you know. <laughs> they've been around for so long. Little niche area. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody uses them anyway. No, <laughs> no, but now I'm thinking that mobile devices could, in principle, I don't know if anyone is already using that for this purpose, but in principle, they can also have some sensing devices on attached to them, right? And as soon, mm -hmm. if there is anything that you need to sense from the environment, then you might need to have some sort of visualization to to display whatever it's sensed, right? I mean, yeah. I, I'm reasoning on a very abstract level, but I think... You mean the smellogram? Yeah, yeah the smellogram. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something really bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever. I don't know. I mean, why not? <laughs> why not? At least from an artistic for artistic purposes, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> sure. Do you remember those glasses that they used to... I don't know if you had that in Germany. We used to have that in Italy, that you could buy these glasses that allegedly they allowed you to see uh, <laughs> to see through clothes. <laughs> I don't know Did when yours I, work? <laughs> I don't know. I never tried. But I remember when I was a kid, this, this kind of glasses, they were sold there you in magazines. You all your pocket money on these yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now it's, an app, now it's an app on the App Store. <laughs> Buy it. It works. Sure, I, I should actually. <laughs> totally works. <laughs> you tried? <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. But, it, but it's right. It's, I mean, I haven't seen that much really great visualization on, on mobile devices. Like occasionally a nice app or a nice little little trick. But, but it's probably yeah. very early, right? I mean, Visualization itself is very young. Visualization on mobile touch devices, it's really, yeah. really young, right? Yeah. And there's also a technical barrier. Yeah. So, Dominicos, what's the coolest thing you have seen on, the coolest visualization you've seen on mobile devices, apart from yours, of Except course? Your Except yours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I wanted to say that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my, actually, one of my personal favorites is the Datum app. So the companion app to Nicholas Felton's life logging uh -huh. Uh -huh. service. Yeah. So uh, I think that is really well done. And it's he did that, I don't know, two or three years ago even. So it's really old as well. Yeah. Um, for App Store 
um, lifespans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that is really neat. It's um, it lets you it uses visualization to present your data, and you can even explore it a little bit. Of course, it works better um, using a browser and a laptop, but uh, that is really nicely done. He has a new app now, but I don't think it's public. But he has a reporter app that nags him every fifteen minutes I, to. Yeah, to I, I heard uh, that. He, yeah. So he's he's still teasing that it's supposed <laughs> to be come out in fall or so. I don't know if it's a mass product. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Yeah, maybe maybe he's the only one who wants that. <laughs> it, it nags you every fifteen minutes to enter some data. Ah, okay. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Who are you with? Are you having fun? And so on. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. if you want to do annual reports, then you need something exactly. like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I agree. The data map is really kind of neat. It's very simple, and it more or less automatically creates all these graphs based on your data. It's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, so you you can find a lot of visualization things on the App Store but they mostly fall into two categories. So on the one hand, you have these presentation apps that allow you to create some type of presentation, like Haiku Deck or um, Apple's Keynote, of course. So you have, your, you have your pie charts handy, and you can present them immediately. And then the other category is business intelligence. So uh, it's uh, things like, even things like Tableau, for example, that have... An, an iPad version, yeah. uh -huh. Uh -huh. so you can find that. But um, there, all of these apps aren't terribly exciting, I think. So there, well, there are bar charts and pie charts and line charts, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it works and it's well done usually. But um, it, it doesn't really use touch, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But what it's, kind it's, of need do you think they cover? I'm curious about that. So why do people use Tableau on a on a on an iPhone? I mean, it's <laughs> because they that, can. That's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the kind I of know, question. Like, yeah, just <laughs> if you're sitting on your couch and uh, trying to do some data analysis, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. No, but, no, but just look, I think I'm, at the moment a lot of tablet apps are being like. Um, are for many companies the chance to try something new. So they have a website already, but you can't change that too much. You know, it's like, yeah, we, we can't lose, like confuse the people, you know, and so mm -hmm. on. But if you if you work on the iPad app, you can basically do what you want. And so I think many people try out like funny stuff in their apps just to see what happens. Yeah, what happens and, and what makes sense and what doesn't. So it's actually kind that of could, That could be, yeah. Yeah. And also, you shouldn't underestimate the the business market for things like that, I guess. So mm. um, that people not only want to have some application for the PCs of their workforce, but also for the tablets of the managers. Yeah. Sure. sure. I've seen a few nice sports um, apps, like visualizations. Like there, there was like a real-time visualization of soccer matches, mm -hmm. I think two mm. or three years ago already. Um, can't remember the name though. Uh, yeah, that was during some World Cup. World Cup, yeah, something, something like exactly. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, we're all experts here. Euro <laughs> people. Uh, but that's a good use soccer. case, of course. This whole second screen, like you, you support like a sports event or like some shared event with with an extra sure, layer sure, of information. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everybody's after that, basically. 
So um, in a yeah. way, now that I think about it, even your Moritz, even your Emoto project could have could have been something developed on a. Yeah, yeah, we had that use case in mind. I mean, we didn't like really aim it exactly at that, but we had that use case in mind, and we also had a few mockups with like an iPad and our site running on it. It, it basically also worked. So, um, yeah. but. We also learned you have to sort of yeah you have to boil things down a bit more than than for the desktop yeah, in order to make it really work nicely on a mobile. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. You know what would be nice on a tablet? A really nice atlas, like something you can you know browse through forever, like super detailed maps and statistics around <laughs> the world. Like where where's National Geographic these days? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they, they could totally do something like that. Yeah, they have an iPad app, but it's just for the articles. <laughs> right. And I think they had some sort of a, a globe app, like a world factbook type thing, but it didn't go very deep. So. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure we're going to see much more stuff coming. In no, the I think it's I mean, going away. Mobile is not staying. <laughs> I think ghetto blasters are coming back and <laughs> we're gonna go back to this bulky to the huge yeah. <laughs> exactly like a strap, you know, you have to carry a computer with a strap. <laughs> I think it's kinda cool. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be fun when we will tell our kids that these things existed. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember my the first portable computer my my dad bought some quite many years ago. <laughs> that was really weird. And was very, it the size of a washing machine? Or? Yeah, yeah. It was really, really <laughs> bulky. Portable. Well, if you have ten friends around. <laughs> yeah. That was really weird. Anyway, so another thing I wanted to ask to Dominicos, um, I think another interesting kind of application is interaction between different devices right so in a way you could so as soon as you have this kind of mobile touch devices they can also interact with other screens or or devices right so for instance here we have been i have seen people in my lab interested in the idea of interacting with large displays using uh touch devices in their hands right so and i guess there mm -hmm. is a whole ecology of devices that might want to interact one to another and it's going to be much easier to interact with one and pile, use this one to pilot something else in other devices, right? So you, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense, especially as we have, most of us have these, these really small portable devices like smartphones and then we are surrounded by larger displays in our environment um, that are not necessarily um, touch enabled and not necessarily reachable so it's it's definite I think it makes sense to use your own smartphone to remotely control something and um, you don't really see that too often in the in the consumer market of course so I guess it's still a research thing mm -hmm. but um, well, people are using their their mobile devices while they're watching TV, for example. So having mm -hmm. some kind of connection between those might be interesting. I think the the next generation of game consoles, like the new Xbox and PlayStation, are doing something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I 
I guess it won't go too deep. So you can, I don't know, maybe change the channel using your smartphone or something. Yeah, I think for But, visualization, that's an interesting opportunity because you can migrate some of the some components of the of the user interface on the on the mobile device and free up some space on the visualization side right and also yeah. have one device that works really well in terms of interaction and one device that works really really well in terms of visualization right? true yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you can also use your smartphone as a pointing device mm -hmm. to select a certain a certain region of the visualization for example and do something with that i don't know filter it or so yeah So, it's kind of an exciting yeah. uh, perspective. You think about like all these screens being around and you could like just walk up to a screen and you have your mobile on you. That's your data and your identification token more or less. But you can just grab one of these display spaces and interact with it with your mobile and then move on and stuff like that. So that's very... Uh, yeah, yeah, a very, very good perspective to have there. Yeah. If it's if it's fast enough and you don't have any cables, then that yeah, might exactly. actually be fun. <laughs> and, yeah, of yeah. course. the The main downside of portable devices is that the screens are so small. Yeah. So uh, doing something about that might actually be be nice. B battery life is another issue. <laughs> oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think by now we've already reached the point where a laptop battery actually lasts longer than a <laughs> smartphone battery. It's true. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> my, my iPhone is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yours as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah at some point the batteries just gave, give in, I guess. Yeah. That's just the way it works. So, but that's the thing from from the technological point of view. How much harder it is to implement visualization on a, let's say, an iPad or any other mobile device. I think the technological component or challenges there is also a very interesting angle. To mm. so, what's your yeah. what's your experience with that? Okay, so um, I've so I think there are there are two ways to to develop visualizations at the moment, I think for any platform. So one is do it natively. So create an actual application that is specifically written for this type of device or do it on the web. And of course the web is newer and better and we have D3 there, so everything <laughs> is great. Um, but the, the problem with using a web-based visualization on a mobile device is that mobile devices are really slow compared to an actual computer mm -hmm. so um and with a with the touchwave project we started out with a web-based visualization <laughs> and then we went to to a native implementation just because it didn't work at all so it oh. was just <laughs> um Basically, it looked like this this terrible slideshow of of a visualization. So, um, yeah, I can I, I don't know. It it always depends on what you want to do. So, if you have a more complex visualization and animations and things like that, then you probably can't avoid going native. Mm -hmm. And of course, that has all the downsides of. Um, If you develop for iOS, then it won't run on Android and vice versa. And you have this whole zoo of devices and operating systems. And uh, yeah, you always restrict your, your market. 
So you basically have to recode type. everything if you want to cover more than one native device. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So and iOS is Objective C, of course, and mm -hmm. Android is Java. So it's completely different. You can't really reuse any code. Okay. Um, yeah. And how are the graphical libraries there? Are they usable? Reasonably usable, or it's just yeah. A so mess? my my main experience is with iOS and mm -hmm. Core Animation. I think it's called on iOS. There's also Core Core Graphics, which is on OS ten. Then, um, and that is that is a really nice library. So once you get the whole Objective C stuff, mm -hmm. um, once you understand that. Uh -huh. Which takes you around, I don't know, a year maybe. <laughs> That's a really great library. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Only one year. Yeah, it's a bargain. <laughs> I mean, one, one option might be to have good performance on both platforms, but I'm not 100% sure. But I know that Cinder runs well, really well on iOS, so it's a C++ library. Mm -hmm. And you can compile like to have it run on iOS and it... Like uses hardware acceleration, it's really fast, and I think you can also target Android with it, but I'm not one hundred percent sure. Yeah, you can use C plus plus code for Android as well, mm -hmm. uh, but true. I don't know how then to if the talking to the native like drivers and you know whatever uh, how how seamless that works, but um, that might be an option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but uh, of course, you always have some necessary work for the adaptation right, for yeah. it different. I don't know what's easier actually to port a Windows application to Mac OS or an iOS application to Android. I'm not sure. <laughs> you don't want Might to be do in the same ballpark. Exactly. No. <laughs> yeah. And but for let's say for prototyping or trying things out, do you think like web web based technology is an option? Like if so, yeah. how I mean, you, occasionally you just rewrote the Better Life Index to work on on tablets as well. Oh yeah, that's happened. <laughs> <laughs> and you got it to work, so um, so I, I think that there is yeah, if you work hard, an option to make it work with web technologies as well. Yeah, you you can do that. Um, of course, you lose all the niceties of um, things like SVG, for example, where you just say, okay, this object needs some type of interactivity, do mm. it browser, yeah. um, but you have to derive where a touch landed and things like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, optimization is everything. And I guess it's going to be better pretty soon. So I guess next year's devices are will be able to, to run all these web-based visualizations without a problem. Right, yeah. Yeah, so this one was done in Canvas in the end. So we we yeah. tried out a few alternatives in the beginning, and in the end, I think you threw out most of the third-party libraries. Yeah, so. yeah, we actually started with Paper.js as a graphics library um, that sat on top of Canvas, but that was too slow even. Yeah. So now everything's happening natively. <laughs> so this is what um, migration yeah. migration of the Better Life Index on on mobile devices. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a complete HTML5 rewrite. Uh -huh. At the moment, it's just the fallback option, but soon it's going to be the default because it's very very close to to the Flash version. So this is something you guys are still working on, or it's something that is out. 
Already. It's basically done, but it's not out. Okay. <laughs> Limbo again. <laughs> Limbo again. <laughs> okay. So an another thing I wanted to ask to Dominicos, uh, I mean, I'm really interested on the research side, as you may guess. And uh, <laughs> I'm wondering, uh, I know that you know research really well. So are there any other results around or the other than your 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 work that we've been talking about before every researcher trying try to tackle this kind of issues and understand what works when how stuff like that um you mean for mobile devices yeah yeah, or... yeah. i mean for visualization on mobile devices mm. yeah. okay so there's there's been this this really old line of research so old in in terms of computer yeah. science you know how it is <laughs> so this old. this five year old line of research um that has been going for um visualizations on on these these personal digital assistants and feature mm -hmm. phones so that was really interesting so you had actually scatter plots on um on feature phones that you could control using your numpad um, <laughs> Crazy. and then that line Clearly of research stopped for some reason <laughs> um but i guess visualization was more of a topic in the tabletop community so with okay. these really huge touch enabled table like interactive surfaces mm -hmm. and uh, there was there was a lot of research that went into this this direction especially if you think about collaboration for example tabletops are huge enough that more than one person can use them at the same time mm -hmm. so multi-touch was always a topic just because you had multiple people interacting with mm -hmm. the visualization mm -hmm. um, and then the question became okay how do you solve problems like um, the orientation of the interface, for example, that labels are still readable even if people are standing around the mm -hmm. table. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of research in this regard. The question, of course, is how, how much of it is applicable to, to our current state of affairs, so mm -hmm. the current mobile devices and touch-enabled tablets. Sure. Because, well, I don't know, Enrico, do you have a tabletop at home? An interactive one? <laughs> <laughs> I just ordered one, a couple. <laughs> also, I that take was some you. Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, honestly, what I would really like to do uh, is to... So I have an interest for touch displays. And um, I think I've been discussing this thing with Moritz before, <laughs> offline. <laughs> and uh, I think, I don't know, I, I know that quite a lot of researchers have been spending time uh, observing people interacting on top of tabletops. But I would be really curious to see people interacting on touch displays that are not too too big and they are vertical so my mm -hmm. gut feeling is that there is a quite quite a big difference there and i have no idea why oh maybe it's um, i mean maybe this research is taking place and i i'm i don't know anything about it but my feeling is that standing in front of a touch display is going to be a much richer kind of experience so for instance the, the problem that you just mentioned the fact that you you have 
an orientation problem that's not going to happen if two persons are standing in front of a of a screen right yeah. sure yeah. yeah and at the same time i think that it's even kind of a more natural kind of interaction between people people are very much used on standing in front of a whiteboard so it's a very natural transfer from the whiteboard mm. to to a to a touch display right and the other thing i've seen quite a lot in research is people interacting with very large displays but very very large and again mm. with indirect devices right so i'm i'm actually really wondering why there's not a lot of research as far as i i know uh on people interacting on this medium size kind of touch displays because to me it looks mm. something like really really interesting and much much more natural than all the rest i don't know mm. It's also more realistic in an apartment it's much more or, realistic, or an yeah. office to have like something big on the wall than something big in the middle of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> if exactly. you think about it, yeah. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. And I, I mean, these like 50-inch type displays, they are totally coming and they're, they're getting much more, much cheaper and they're really nice things to have. Like many of the new TVs also have now this type of size and yeah. why, mm -hmm. why, not, why not touch enable all of them? And yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially as you can just buy buy a touch overlay for I don't know 150 dollars or so right. to refit the whole thing to touch. Right. Yeah, um, it it somehow seems that all of this this ver these vertical interactive types of displays are they always had to be huge so really yeah, wall but, size <laughs> every, everything on the wall size it's, a, isn't it's enough. a big ego boosting kind of problem here <laughs> <laughs> no see, I, i'm serious i mean i think it's uh, the fact that having a huge display looks oh i mean shows how how powerful <laughs> you are or something like that i mean i can i can totally sympathize with this thing i would like to have my own huge display play but i cannot yeah. afford it yet but yeah but i think it would be much much interesting yeah, and what do you do with information like on the tip of your knees i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know, it doesn't help you that much yeah so yeah that that maybe might have been an outcome of this whole notion of the more pixels we have the more data we can display yeah so if we have this wall full of data then we can get <laughs> yeah, all the insights yeah. even though it must be related to this big data hype that it has to be like life-sized <laughs> you should put the yeah, big data on a big wall and exactly. that might solve all the problems might, yeah might actually solve it yeah but then it's, it's <laughs> crazy because you have the problem that you have to you cannot stand too close and if you are too close you you lose the context right so <laughs> yeah. So you have many more just pixels running around like back and forth. Yeah, you have between, many many yeah. more pixels, but your field of view is is, I mean, the interaction with your field of view is much much more complex, right? So, sure. Well, the cute thing about these walls is that that you actually make zooming and panning a physical thing because you have to walk in front of the wall to, <laughs> yeah, to sure. and fro. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, w when I was in Constance, we had this huge power wall. There is a whole room that is called the power <laughs> wall room, actually. I think they actually yeah. just kind of renovated it a few weeks ago. This is what I've heard. And it's it, it was stunning, <laughs> definitely. It was really stunning. 
I mean, and it's it's really nice when you can come when you can come closer. You can see a lot of details. It really scales very well. But in terms of interaction, is a nightmare. I mean, mm. this, did it have touch interaction? No, it's no. Of course, no, you cannot you, even. Yeah. You're not even you allowed to everything. touch it because you it can get dirty and the, so. the power is too powerful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's a totally cool. Yeah, it's a totally cool <laughs> piece of technology. If you go in the in the back room and you see the projectors that are working there to project these images that are very high resolution. So it's a back projection, it's, yeah? It's back projection and, okay, and it's yeah. it's a whole array of projectors. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think they have, they had to develop their own infrastructure to pilot these projectors in a way that they are very well aligned and that they synchronize yeah. themselves. So it's it's like nuclear reactor in yeah, the backyard to power them. Yeah. <laughs> there is a huge fan that is taking care <laughs> exactly. of I mean it's it's the it's whole city of concerts probably heated. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus, I think even the glass itself is a very special kind of glass. It's a, it's a very fine piece of technology, really, mm. really stunning. Uh, yeah. But then, in terms of interaction, it's really complicated. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. I, so you mentioned before this interaction between multiple different types of devices, and of course, such a powerball might become much more usable if you have smartphones or tablets. Yeah. That people can then use to point at stuff and interact or with it, or something like this. Yeah, that totally makes sense. But then, why do you have this huge wall? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe just for like having this landscape and context, and then the details happen on more high res, yeah. smaller devices. Maybe. But there's also like this, you know, minority report. I don't know if we open like this box now, but I mean, you know, these are the. <laughs> it's getting late. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a bit late for that. But the, I mean. No, there, there is an actual problem there that it's very fatiguing just to interact with these big things. Yeah. Because you need to make big gestures, yeah. which cost you big energy <laughs> and are big time very unusual. <laughs> and yeah, after 10 minutes, you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And not only with big things. I mean, we also have that with touch-enabled laptops, for example, mm. where you actually have to reach out and move mm -hmm. stuff on the display. And I think people still prefer mice to yeah. do that just because it's it's much more ergonomical mm -hmm. so i mean that's that's a huge downside of the whole touch thing that uh you often have to lift your arms and that is mm -hmm. very tiresome make strange types of movements as well yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. but so i mean of course minority report it's it's very impressive and <laughs> uh, he only has to use the interface for i don't know 30 <laughs> seconds per day so that's fine exactly yeah yeah, but there's, for instance, like Oblong Industries, they actually, they build these interfaces and they sell them and also these big screen, like combinations of different screens and, yeah. And it's very interesting also. We could also have an episode on, on these types of interfaces at some point, gestures like in space. But it's also, yeah, it's it's a whole new type of sport you have to <laughs> become good at. And speaking of, of big screens, why not having your personal dome? That, that would be... Right. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, there is one, one, one last thing I wanted to ask to Dominicos. So I'm wondering, maybe some of our listeners might want to start doing visualization on, on mobile devices. So can you give some suggestions on how to start in terms of technology, even in terms of design, things to, to watch for? 
what are the main principles or what are the main technologies to start with? So what's the best way to start with visualization on mobile devices? Okay, so I guess it depends on what type of visualization you want to do. So if you want to just port your your run-of-the-mill type of visualizations to a tablet, then um, I would use the web for that. So if you already have a background in D3, for example, then you can just use that. And um, there's there's a lot of resources on how to um, how to program how to do javascript for mobile safari for example or also for for chrome on android and um well basically you just have to replace your mouse events with touch events and you're all set mm-hmm. so it's um, and make your buttons bigger of course and make your buttons bigger yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a takeaway message from this episode um, but um i think if you want to do something more more interesting and also more more intense from a graphical point of view. So if you want to have animations and things like that, then there's no way around actually learning one of those two major frameworks. So either programming for iOS or Android. Um, and for the whole design thing, there's there's lots and lots of resources on the web for interaction design for mobile and there's great stuff out there i mean there are all these all these conferences even about this type of things so um yeah is there any specific specific book or or resource on the web that you might want to mention i don't know people might be curious about that um so of course, I I always had this plan of having a blog about touchable visualizations, and that's coming. <laughs> I promise. Okay, cool. So just <laughs> just go soon. to Dominico's blog, and <laughs> in the future, and keep, and keep an eye. <laughs> go to my future blog. <laughs> no, but that that would be yeah, totally that would be nice cool. because I think yeah, there's no especially for visualization, there's no clear, not even a clear point where you would follow the latest projects, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Well, you can find them on the usual blogs, of course. Yeah, but uh, but I, I think there there should be more if you're like really into the mobile and follow that. You should maybe find more than what's showing up on Flowing Data or Infostatics. Yeah, I'll make sure to put that on my blog. So. That's cool. Very now, good. Now we have it on a podcast. Now <laughs> nice, it will actually happen. Nice pitch. Yeah. You totally committed yourself. <laughs> yep. Shit. Now you cannot escape Dominicus. And this old blog thing is 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 a nightmare. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> it's worse Whoops, than academia. What, what no did kidding. I do? <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> I think we we had a nice oh Dominicus I think we had a nice meeting together talking about visualization blogs right some time ago that was yeah, we had this a, week a this couple week, of years ago two, two years, years ago, ago or so yeah, yeah and did you agree never to write blogs again or well that was fun I think Robert was there as well it was kind of like 20 people the usual suspects about, yeah the usual suspects it was quite lively nice. actually and that was fun. yeah it was nice yeah yeah yeah, no, okay. but it would be a great topic for a blog, so I wouldn't mind at all if you would start that. Okay, <laughs> I agree. I <laughs> <Will> agree. <laughs> cool, excellent cool. episode. I think right. we're basically through. Unless you have something more you want to mention, 
anything else you want to get rid of? Uh, <laughs> Any secret? Well, <laughs> Any more I, I commitments? Think, uh, no, that's enough commitments. You know, we are specialists in destroying people's career here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nobody told me before. Um, so maybe one last thing just to... Uh, to close this whole thing off here. So I, I think it's it's this whole mobile and touch enabled visualization stuff is very, very interesting. And I think we barely scratched the surface there, especially what's possible from an interaction design point of view. So this whole notion of having visualizations as something that you can manipulate using your hands, I find that very exciting. And yeah. I'm really looking forward to, to future developments there. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Dominicos. It's been great Thank having you. you on the show. Yeah, thanks so, uh, for coming. We're looking thanks. forward to your blog <laughs> 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 and your future developments. We want to see the life, uh, Better Life Index coming up soon. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. We'll be up soon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks okay, a lot. Right. Take care. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.